the Empowering Choices podcast. My name is Joshua, and on this episode, Eric and Lucas, who are licensed professional counselors, will be talking about when your kids don't like each other. Okay, so we were going to tackle the topic of what to do when you have children that just don't like each other. Yeah, that never happened. That's still just still a mouthful. I want to figure out how to shorten it, condense it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have time to write you a shorter letter. I'm sorry. Yeah, needed to take (laughs) needed to take more time and chunk that down. Um, As you said, yeah, no, those things never happen, right? Never. Um, huh? You're all the kids you're ever going to have. They're only going to like each other. <laughs> That's it. No. Mm-mm-mm, no. Um, and it feels like this is absolutely in tandem kind of from the uh, from a previous episode of like kids being in competition with each other. Right. Because it's just like yeah. these are just these are just the things that happen. Right. Um, kids are just not going to like each other. They're going to have, I don't know, would this be unhealthy competition? This isn't exactly competition, is it? it it's not really competition. Um, it just, your, your kids are going to bicker. They're, yeah. they're going to have problems with each other. Human beings have a tendency to not do the right thing all the time. They're, they have a tendency <laughs> yeah. to do the wrong thing, which means they're, they're going to get irritable. They're going to get pissy. They're going to get moody. Mm-hmm. They're going to be upset with each other. They're not going to like something that the other one has. They're not going to like privileges that they the other one has that they don't have. Maybe the other one has things that they have that they don't, you know, that they don't have. They, they want, you know, there's all kinds of reasons for it. And the basis is human beings, even adults, they just don't get along all the time. Do we think that this is just kind of a offshoot of like humans make bad choices and then this is one of the ways in which they like direct those bad choices? Well, I I once uh, heard our dog trainer say that you can have dogs who have grown up together. You can have dogs that have just been friendly. They've just played with each other. They've always been good. And suddenly one day you have a dog fight. Mm. And the the trainer says nobody knows why it happens. Oh, interesting. It's She's just, seen enough it, dogs yep, that just like it just it will happen. It, it's just something a part of being dogs. Mm-hmm. Something a part of being humans is they're just gonna like each other at times, mm-hmm. you know. And and a part of what you want people to learn is how to be able to get along with people that you don't like, just because you need to get along with them. If we're looking for an alternate title, that might be it. Maybe that is. How to, how to get along with people you don't like. I don't know. That's not I, much better. I, I actually like, I think it's going to catch more people's attention when you, you put it just the way it is, even though it's long and wordy, because you have parents that are going, oh, yeah, I've got those. Sure, right. It's you very know. descriptive for a specific, like, oh, yeah. When I was growing up, my brother and I, I was the older, he was the younger, were five years apart. Sure. Mm-hmm. So that is right there you know, a, a large amount of time, you know, between us, Josh and his um, sister, are, I think 15. Oh gosh. Yeah. Those part, are big, significant, you know? And so he probably didn't experience this in the same way, Sure. but I had an irritating little brother following me around. <laughs> when you probably had that, like five years is like, there's a, there's a pretty significant developmental gap yep. between he was born and you're five. Right. And then he's five and you're 10. Right. I mean, that's like... And he's wanting to be a part of my world. Well, you're like the best person in the world as far as he's concerned. But he doesn't play with the the cool toys. Those are the toys I like. He has other toys he likes. And so he's constantly wanting us to play with his toys. 
Because he's a developmental stage away from you. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm always saying, no, those, no, I don't, no, mm -hmm. I, I don't play with those toys. And so he's wanting to be a part of things. He's wanting to, you know, interact with me. He's wanting to be, you know, in my imaginary worlds. Mm -hmm. And, and like you said, he's a developmental stage away. So he doesn't mm -hmm. think and play in the same way yeah. or on the same level. It creates problems. Now, it's not bad. It just is. Would you say that this encompassed your relationship with your brother, that you didn't like him? Y yes. Okay. You know, just because, you know, we were such, you know, so far apart. You know, I, I've known other friends and um, their, their siblings were closer in age and they were great friends. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it worked out really, really well. Mm -hmm. um, but between my brother and I, it just didn't work well. And to be clear, we're not saying that the age gap is the reason. It's not the reason. You can yeah. have people who are close together who also fight exactly. or who are farther apart and get along. Right. And but. again, this is also different for girls um, than it is for boys. Uh, with girls who are close in age, you will have a natural subconscious piece that's going on where the girls are trying to steal the spotlight of their parents from each other. Right, kind of see the previous episode yeah. that... Uh, and so it yeah. happens like them differently. Um, but some of the things that help are, are that, you know, like my mom was really, um, was really keen on this. And so every holiday, she would bring out different crafting things and she would bring my brother and I to the table. Mm -hmm. I love doing crafting things. I love mm -hmm. doing some of the things that they did in school. And she would take some of the exact same projects and have different new twists on them. And then when my brother would get there, I'd, I would actually look at him and look at my mom and go, why is he here? Why is he here? <laughs> uh, it turns out he lives in this house. <laughs> right. I was like, isn't he from down the street? You know, why is he here? Why is he still here? <laughs> you know, what what's going on? And she would very nicely but firmly explained that this is your brother and he will be joining us <laughs> she, she had to explain that this she is your had brother to explain this and uh if anyone will be leaving it will be you and it won't be fun and it won't be fun that was so the draw you will be nice this will be fun yes and you're going to incorporate your brother because it'll be less fun if you don't exactly and you know uh, always in the beginning i was very like fine, I'm over here and I'm doing my own thing. And very, very, you know, wisely, my mom would be helping my brother and then she would kind of move to the other side of the table and then he would struggle with some different things. And then she would, she would say, Eric, you know, can you help him a little bit with that? Mm. And so then she would, she would manipulate me into helping my brother. There's a sentence. There, manipulate yeah. me into helping my brother. Which I, I'm introducing this tool. There is a good side of manipulation. Well, I mean, this, yeah. Well, I mean, I, th I think about like peer pressure, yep. right? Like this is those, yeah. Peer pressure is always seen as a bad thing, but there are positive ways mm -hmm. that peer pressure can be very helpful. There's positive ways that manipulation can be very helpful. By the end of the crafting, I felt closer to my brother. And for the next couple of days, we would get along a lot better and I would play with him. Mm-hmm. And so your mom needed to do this like every month. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Like every month. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, I mean, we've got, what, holidays in, in most of the months. So, you know, there was a crafting thing going on. So I think she had that part down. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Valentine's Day. Easter. St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day. We're not, we're not, I mean, and then you got summer break. Fourth of July. And then you got Fourth of July. I, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss for August. Now, you can use uh, anything, any any day that the school gives you off. Yeah, yeah, And, and when we were growing up, you know, you had uh, President's Day. You had oh, Martin Luther King go. Day. Yeah. You know, you had Halloween. You, you know, so you had a lot of things you could work with. During mm. the summer, it was a little different. She'd just sure. kick us outside. Sure. You know, and eventually we would probably play together, you know, because there was no one else to play with. Oh, sometimes that had the same the same effect. It had the same effect at times. And to be clear, we're not telling you that you have to do crafting activities with no. your children. Kicking them both outside and and or let me rephrase that. Going outside with them to like play soccer or throw a baseball or teach them how to play chess against each other. Right. Oh, expand your horizons here. The most important part is that you're a part of the group as a parent. Ah, so you tell see. me why that's important. Because the kids are just reacting to each other. If my mm -hmm. if my mom brought the crafting <laughs> things to the table and then she said, "There mm -hmm. you guys go," and she walked away, yep. I'd have killed my brother. <laughs> I mean that that accelerated quickly, Eric. right? I mean, it's just like I would not have helped him. <laughs> I, I would have taken what I wanted. I would have, you know, locked him in a closet. I, I mean, I locked the babysitter. I was going to say closet, we had a different you know. podcast on that, right? You know, I would not have had anything to do with him, and so my mom needed to be there to help mold that interaction. So, is this related to the discussion that we've had around, like, I don't remember what it was, like the silly putty? Is that, the, is that the correct object of like, if you just let your kids loose with the silly putty, like all hell may break loose? Right. But if you're there to moderate the activity, um, there's there's some really smart guy that talked about, what was it, like like scaffolding? Mm -hmm. isn't, isn't that like the developmental thing that we're talking about of like, if you let your kids run loose on an activity, they have a certain level of capabilities even if we're not talking about their social interactions. Mm -hmm. But then if you're there with them, you can provide scaffolding yep. and, and support. That's and a great not, way. And you're not doing it for them. You're doing no. it kind of like, like the way scaffolding works. It exactly. doesn't make the building, but it supports the building. And it allows them to achieve greater things than if they were simply solo. I don't know if you know this, but in our treasure box, we don't have stickers. Okay. And there's a reason for there's that. There's a reason for and that. Tell our audience why. Um, Kids don't always do the best things with stickers. <laughs> what? Just like they don't do the best things with silly putty. Yeah, I was or just slime. gonna say. I was gonna say mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You I know, knew the slime story. We had some stickers that were in our our treasure chest, <laughs> and we've I've seen kids, and they're looking in there, and then their hands go back, and, and they'll look, they'll step back, and they'll look down at the stickers, and they'll go, "I can't have stickers." Okay. I mean, it's almost like an addict. I can't have that. I. But their face is telling you, but I, but I they're, want it. They're like, I want that. You I know? want that, but I can't have that. We we see in our commercials, we see in our, our sitcoms that, you know, you have these families and then you have markers and crayon and you have writing on the walls. Yeah, the, yeah, the classic, yeah, crayons on the walls. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, because you see the parents scrubbing things off. Right. Well, because it's usually an ad for like magic eraser or it, something. Yeah. And in the sitcoms, they're not even using magic eraser. So I'm like, you know, what are you doing, guys? You're, you're not even... You missed an advertising missed, opportunity. Well, and you missed the commercial? I mean, come on. Um, but, and I'm sitting there going, 
why do they have access to the markers? To the, like, that would allow them to write on the wall. Right. Unsupervised? That's probably the summary there. And, and if you look at those sitcoms, it's really not. Now, it is. I mean, the, kid, the parents weren't sitting there while they wrote on the walls. Mm-hmm. But my kids didn't have markers until they knew what does a marker write on. Sure. And what? intellectually, my four-year-old knows the answer to that, but she also can't like fulfill the idea in her brain right? subconsciously. So it ended up on my floor the other day, and I went, oh, those don't go with you into quiet time into your room. Got it. Right. And now you make that adjustment yep. as the parent. Right. You know, And so now you bring this back to siblings. If you see that your kids are not getting along, mm-hmm. then maybe they need more time together with you. With you. That's a lot of work as a parent, Eric. You're right. <laughs> Do you have any idea how much work it is to own a dog? Um, th- I was literally just thinking about this question the other day because mm-hmm. I've had people tell me I, I cannot and or will not have children because they're too much work. So mm-hmm. they, they alternatively have dogs or cats instead. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, well, I mean, like, I kind of get that, I suppose. But like a dog or a cat is never going to like come past like kind of the intellectual and emotional capabilities of what, like an 18 month old, maybe mm-hmm. a two year old. Mm-hmm. But it's Depending like on how intelligent. Yeah. Right. It's like. But then you're stuck there, right? Yep. For a dog, they live, you know, 10 to 15 years, but you have a perpetual two-year-old. Right. Hopefully, if you parent well, you have a two-year-old, and then you have a four-year-old, and then you have a six-year-old who's not trying to eat the paint off the wall. Well, now go even farther. When you're in your old age. Sure. Yeah, let's, let's stretch that out. Mm-hmm. You have people there who can be there, who want to be there, who want to be a part of your life. It's going to depend on how you interacted with them and how you treated them and how you molded them. Uh, I once knew a man who was waiting until his parents were old enough in in their age. He would take over um, being the... the, what am I, guardian of them? There's lots of legal terms, but that gets we'll us use, to the right conceptual we'll use that place. One. Yeah. He was going to put one in a nursing home in one state and one in a nursing home in the farthest state away from the other one. He was, they were not going to be good nursing homes and he was not going to ever tell them where the other one was at. There's some emotions fueling that thought process. And this is a man who is in his you know, middle years. Mm. You know, um, the molding didn't go well. The, mm, yeah. Meaning mm-hmm. the, the parents didn't put the time into it. And so now you've got, and that's the thing. If you're going to have kids, you're going to have feelings towards them and they're going to have feelings towards you. Yeah. And, and so if you want to interact with them, if you want to get involved, if you want to do the work, it, it's going, you're going to reap the benefits you know, down the road for the rest of your life. You're going to reap whatever you sow. And, and hopefully and so you're the story, sowing benefits. Right. And the story you just said right. is the same. Uh, I knew another man and he, uh, he, his kids were toddler to just into grade school years. And it was a Sunday and he was watching football and they were being kids and they were just in and out of the room he was in. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he, he couldn't hear the game. They were getting mm-hmm. in the way of the TV. And, and he stood up and he started yelling at his kids. Mm-hmm. 
and, and he stopped and he said, I am yelling at my kids, making them cry for being kids. Well, to, to the end goal of me watching football. Well, and that was what he put it to. He said, mm-hmm. I'm doing this over football. Mm-hmm. And, and all they're trying to do is be kids. Right, so, they want your attention. They're yep, playing. They're playing. They're just being loud. They're just doing what they're doing. He made the determination that until they were through the house, until they were graduated high school. We'll call it 18 for round numbers. He was going to make them his focus. And, and when they were graduated, mm-hmm. then he and his wife were going to focus more on their life and he would pull interests back in that he had yeah. set aside. You know, and I learned this because one day I said, hey, you know, mm-hmm. um, who do you think is going to be in the Super Bowl? And he goes, well, I haven't watched football in years. I don't even know who's still out there. I can't, I can't tell you was right? his answer. And, and then he told me the story as to why. You know, and but so, I can tell you what my kid did at their last soccer game. Exactly. He, said, he goes, I have never missed one of their events. I have mm-hmm. never missed sitting down with them. They asked me to do something. And he still, I mean, so this gentleman also uh, was um, ex- in the experimental stage of making beer. You know, so he was <laughs> okay. making it. So he had, he said, it's not that my, my life is my kids. I still uh. have interests in it, but I do my interests when they don't need me. And you could potentially make the argument again, like I don't know how many of our audience members need to hear this, but like you don't have to give up football when you have kids. Right. This guy gave this guy had another hobby. Yep. You could figure out how to watch football. You could record it. Yep. You could you could do all kinds of things. Yeah. You know, I there's a, a gentleman we work very closely with who um is also in in the mental health field and he records you know, he's a huge Steeler fan. Mm. He records the games. He watches but he doesn't them watch later. them live. Mm-hmm. I have to be careful when I'm trying to, because I'm I'm a Rams fan. He's a Steeler. Uh-huh. Um, and so I, I have curtailed my, oh my gosh, did you see what uh-huh. happened? Because he probably hasn't yet. Because he may not have. And yeah. I don't want to ruin it for him. You know, so I kind of wait for him to tell me. And then I'm mm. like, yeah, here's how this went. Uh, <laughs> um, but the point is, you know, you have to make the determination as to how involved you want to be in your kid's life to be able to help them. If you have kids who don't like each other, mm-hmm. you're going to need, you're going to have periods where you're going to need to be involved more to help stimulate that like. Um, just putting them in the same room mm-hmm. is not necessarily going to bring about the same result. Uh, when I was in you know, a supervisor and a staff in treatment centers, um, which were 24 hour care. There were times where Mm -hmm. you had, you had adolescents who were fighting on the floor and you would make them roommates, Mm. but you didn't leave them to their own demise. You had staff who were closely monitoring it. And when the fighting and the arguing got a little bit bad, you would pull one of them out And begin the whole process of what's going on. Let's talk about this. You know, let's work with this. Then they would go back in. Then you might have to pull the other one out. Then you'd work with him on his side. Mm -hmm. So you're you're actively involved in the problem-solving process to help mold the communication and to help mold, you know, the behaviors that you were seeing that were not good. Most of the time, that worked out great. But if you have siblings that don't like each other... And I had this happen one time where uh, a family that I worked with, 
you know, had two older teenage daughters mm. and they said they won't get along. They're at each other's throats. Mm -hmm. What do we do with this? And I mean, my first answer was, do you have any other rooms in the house? Because in this scenario, they were in the same sharing a room, sharing a room, mm -hmm. teenage girls, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's just, it's, they need more things of their own space and their own independence. And so like this, again, continues to prove the point that we're driving out of. You said, in this circumstance, I wanted the problematic children to room together. And in this circumstance, mm -hmm. I thought separating them was the, mm -hmm. right? And so again, toolbox metaphor, right? Sometimes you need a socket wrench. Sometimes you need a sledgehammer. Now, when we're rooming kids together in treatment, they're boys. When we're, mm. these are girls. Okay. So, so that there adds are kind of a layer yes. of, yeah. Yeah. And, but the key is... You, if you're going to room people together that are having a problem, you have to be ready to be there to help work through the problem. They have an emotional brain. They don't have the logical brain. Right. You know, and so you're going to, they're going to need problem solving that comes from the logical parts of the brain that help, especially when the dust settles of the emotional components that have been there separating them out can be the first way of helping them get along. Sure. Maybe the problem is they don't have their own space. Maybe the problem is they've gotten into little ruts of the last one on the bed has to um, turn out the lights. And maybe when the younger is the first one on the bed, the older is like, no, I'm older. <laughs> you know, Just, so there's yeah. a problem there, right? There's sure. a power component that mm -hmm. comes with them being different ages and i'm sure. like oh man can you guys get a clapper you know and not and, not not one of the movie clappers no no the just one lights. where you clap and the lights go off clapping um, lights are not. which they didn't want to do because then they thought they would get in a clapper fight in a clapper fight is that and, and i have so many thoughts about that sentence. right where each of them will just clap and the light goes off and the light goes on the light goes off and the light goes on and i'm like 100 percent they will can you get them in one of the spare rooms Oh, right. Somebody yeah. go there, sure. you know, but the, the, the biggest point is you got to be involved. Well, that how was, much time are you going to spend with your kids is going to help with this. One of the things you said, I wrote it down. You, you are actively involved in the problem solving process. Yep. And that's, you know, obviously a fundamental way to describe so much of what we talk about. Well, we can take a little splinter off of that. You are actively involved as a parent in the problem solving process because you made them. Sure. No, no, you gave them half of you. Mm -hmm. So half of the problems you've always had <laughs> with people or siblings, you just implanted it mm -hmm. because it came as a part of their DNA. Mm -hmm. And so you've worked through those things. Now you can stop and help them work through some of those things. And the thing is, is that gives you insight and an angle. Mm -hmm. You've been there through that 50% already of the DNA you gave them. How did you find? What were the secrets you found? What were the ways that work with you? What are the ways that might work with them? How can you impart that to them? Because, I mean, honestly, the whole molding of your children is to have a wonderful experience mm -hmm. as a family. And if in an ideal circumstance, if the problem is not being generated by the 50% that you think is you, you hopefully know who the other 50% came from. 
who can then step in mm-hmm. or and, you can consult with part. or you or can consult like, with. all right, I'm out of my depth. Is this, is it, is this coming from your family? Yep. <laughs> yep. Exactly. And, and depending on your relationship with your partner, you may or may not want to use that tone. <laughs> <laughs> and if your partner is not there anymore. Correct. Yeah. And that's you know, why I said in an ideal be, circumstance. Yeah. There's going to be different pieces. And there's ways of being able to work with that that don't put down the other partner or the other family. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, the the key emphasis is get into the lives of your kids. Well, like the, the the two major chunks of parenting that I regularly tell people is there's like the structure and the discipline and the rules and the guidelines and all kind of the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's the spend time with your kids and color with them and like do things mm-hmm. with them and do their hobbies and play games and like and 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 give them hugs and tell them I love you. Right. So there's kind of this hard stuff and this soft stuff. Right. And you kind of have to make put them together to make like the good stuff. I'll go back to the treatment center. There was a particularly hard um, individual that was in there, and, and that person always struggled to get along with anyone. Mm. And one particular summer, we were down on kids, and we were up on staff. So we had more staff that needed something to do, and we didn't have a lot of kids in the cottage at that time. And so I brought over staff to our cottage, and we... On Saturdays, um, they would have, you know, kind of event times and different and, you know, free times. And so we set up these free times to where this particular person would be incorporated into all of these free time pieces, which Mm -hmm. they normally weren't because they did not get along with other kids very well. You had the staff to be like, all right, Johnny, you're coming over here. And so the staff would, and we'll go into this in another podcast um, down the road, but the, the staff that were there were simply there to be able to separate the person off and work through whatever the struggle was and then help them come down to a baseline of where they were ready to be re-put into the group and then they would re-put them into the group. Mm -hmm. This went on for a couple of weeks, uh, a month or so, and that individual was able to be a part of groups Mm -hmm. that they could stay in. Mm-hmm. They didn't blow out of. They mm-hmm. didn't um, erupt on other kids. They didn't attack. They were now actually people would say, hey, is, is I'll call her Sally. Sure. Is, is Sally going to be a part of us today? Right. She the had other been. Kids, she could. Yes, where were you? We're, being, we're now enjoying mm-hmm. having Sally around. You can do the same thing with your kids. You know, um, you and your significant other, your husband, your wife, your family members, you can set things up. And have people who are just there to be able to, you know, kind of work with the person when they blow up. And mm. maybe it's going, maybe if you have like, you know, three to five kids, it depends on what what tick of the clock it is between, you know, for who's going to blow up at what time. Other people, um, the kids get sent to them, they work with them, they re-put them back in. It, it's a whole way that you can help your kids learn to be able to get to know each other and even help each other when they see each other are having a hard time. So to go back to kind of where we started with this podcast, when you have children who don't like each other, all is not lost. And and, and that's the mm-hmm. thing I was thinking of is like with so many of these things, if you put in the basics, you can get a better result. Mm-hmm. You can teach, you can teach your kids to like each other. 
that's kind of an interesting concept. You right? can. And it's not like, it's not, that's not intuitive. No. Nope. How can you, can you make someone like someone? Kind of, yeah. You know, I mean, particularly when we're talking about parenting right. and, 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 and your children who are developing and who can be molded into, you know, more healthy behaviors. Eh, kind of. Even though I say that I didn't like my brother. Yeah. When it came to Christmas, guess where I felt that I loved my brother? So the blood bond is there. Sure. That that current of love, simply because you're the same blood, is there. Mm-hmm. You know, and even I was like, oh gosh, I feel this. I see this. He what? I like him. Why? When did that happen? You, <laughs> you were trying not to. I'm, I'm questioning my own current that's going on, going, this, 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 why? Why does this I, you know, and but it's there. And so it's not that you're teaching them to like each other. It's you're teaching them how to get along because they already love each other. Mm. You know, if somebody took a swing at my brother, guess what? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and, and I, I would even think about that and go, why is that there? Mm. You know, why is it that only I can take a swing at my brother? I don't understand this. You had enough awareness to go, wait a second. Right. One of my friends came over one time and we were playing and he had a squirt gun and he sprayed my brother in the face. Well, Mm. my brother started screaming and I'm like, Mm. it's just water. You know, don't be such a baby. This is why I don't want you around. Well, it turns out my my friend had loaded it with perfume. (gasps) Yeah. He's like. I thought that was okay. And I'm like, no, you don't get to do that to my brother. Mm. He's like, but you don't like him. No, but that, no, he's my brother. <laughs> that and, argument played itself out right. in person. Yeah. He, he's, I'm like, I'm the only one who gets to do that. And I'm not going to do that. I, <laughs> and I'm going, why am I saying I don't get to, I'm not going to do that. But, and then so there's something inside me going, yeah, you're not going to do that. You wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you guys, we have problems, but I don't want to hurt him. Mm-hmm. intentionally now he has body scars and he would argue that but it it was in the competition it was not my fault i didn't do it on purpose so <laughs> anyhow malicious yeah yeah it wasn't malicious oh. so teach your kids to like each other be the parent and you can well thank you for joining us for this episode of the empowering choices parenting podcast If you enjoyed this episode, uh, definitely make sure on whatever platform you're watching to give us a thumbs up, uh, leave a comment and let us know uh, that you're listening and any questions that you may have. And then definitely check out our website at empoweringchoices.community. We have a lot of resources there, including a parenting manual and additional courses uh, that cover some of the content we've talked about today and so much more. We'll see you on the next episode.